listening to Personal Branding with Lynn, a podcast for entrepreneurs and creatives. You are on a mission to create your life's work and legacy, but are struggling to break through the noise to reach your ideal clients. Well, that's where personal branding comes in. I'll help you grow your business using marketing that feels as natural as a conversation. Who am I? I'm Lynn Morton, and I have managed the brands of Fortune 500s, nonprofits, and startups. And now I'm ready to pour all that I've learned over my career into helping you build your personal brand. In fact, we'll work on it together. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome again to the Personal Branding with Lynn podcast. This is episode 8008, and it is good to get back to work after a holiday weekend. If you celebrated Thanksgiving in the U.S., that would have been about a week ago today, Thursday. I hope you had a good time. You got to relax and chillax with your family and friends and loved ones, and uh, you're back in the groove again for a new week. Well, not just a new week. This is also a new month. December is here. Can you believe this? It is December 2019, and it feels like it was just January to me, so I'm surprised that it would be December so soon. But but it's December, and this is traditionally a good time to begin planning for 2020. You want to be thinking about what your first quarter will look like and what your first half of your year, what does your entire year look like? What do you want to accomplish next year? You know, it's a good t- good time to think about that if you haven't already and, and start thinking about it more specifically. Now, if you are working full time, you probably had to do this drill three or four months ago for for your career. And it's it's interesting. We do it for our career and we sometimes don't don't apply the same rigor to our side hustle, our hobby, our you know, whatever it is we're building with our creative talents or entrepreneurial skills. And so I want to make sure that we all do that. So think about what you want to accomplish next year and write it down. And and before we get started, I want to talk today about four things that ought to be on your list if you haven't done them already. Four things that ought to be, if you are starting up and you're building your your personal brand and you are charting your way forward with whatever project or business you are considering, I have four things that you ought to have, big goals that you should have on your list. But before we get started, I want to let you know that I released what I call the personal branding blueprint. Now, this is for the people who say to me, I I never know what I should be working on next or what I should be working on now. And so I've broken it down into a distilled 26 essential tasks you need to launch and run your brand online and in person. And I have, you know, created them one as a downloadable uh, ebook uh, type and then I also have a a 
a work on it here um, section in the, the online platform where where you can get this. And so as you complete each one, you can check it off and at a glance, see where you are throughout the year, what you've accomplished and what you have left to go. So of these 26 essential tasks, if you're planning your new year, this is a good um, resource to have to add so that you can know at a glance what you ought to be working on. You can purchase it for just 39 bucks at Blueprint dot lynnmorton.com go to blueprint dot lynnmorton l-y-n-m-o-r-t-o-n dot com and check it out and today we'll get into some goal setting let's imagine it's december 2020 You're closing in on a great year. Your calendar is full with your ideal clients, with others on a waiting list who want an audience with you when you can squeeze them in. They're all paying what you think is a fair but ideal price for your products and your services. You launched and sold in record amounts, and you're being requested to speak as an industry expert. You have exceeded your goals And now you're just trying to decide what to pursue next. That would be cool, wouldn't it? What if that could happen for you? Well, why couldn't it? This is the next question. So if it did, what would you need to do to make that happen? And you can fill in that story with whatever your ideal scenario would look like at the end of 2020. You're going to close your eyes and permit yourself to, to dream a little bit and say, this time next year, what would I want it to look like? What would I want to be celebrating? What would I want to have accomplished? And what would I, do I want to look forward to? So, you know, this is a a good exercise to go through now. And you can just find somewhere and just start writing that. Write down all the things you think you want to accomplish. Don't censor yourself. Just empty your head and your heart of all the things you want to accomplish. And then we can go back and organize them later. So if you did and... Assuming you've gone through this exercise now and you've decided this is what I want to become next year, this is what I want to accomplish, and here's what I need to do to get there. Assuming what you are trying to do as a creative entrepreneur is, you know, within what the realm of what we tend to need a personal brand to help fuel our growth. There are four things that you ought to be really thinking about. Four things. And a lot more, but these are four big ones that I would want you, if you haven't already, to to really consider. And and the first one is you need a fully functioning website that attracts your ideal clients and facilitates your sales. I'll say that again, a fully functioning website that attracts your ideal clients and facilitates the sale. Now, what does that mean? You know, back in the day, folks would really stress out about you needing to be on WordPress. 
I was in a, a marketing, um, sort of a mastermind coaching group several years ago, and the leader of the group was really an evangelist. You have to be on WordPress if you're serious. And, and you know, I think maybe 10 years ago, there was some some merit to that, that you had to be on an open source platform like WordPress where you can really may build out your website to have the look and feel and functionality that you wanted it to have to make it uniquely yours, both in terms of, of, of visually and functionally. So WordPress was one of the few places you could do that because prior to that, if you wanted to build the website before WordPress came around, you had to actually get a designer and design the pages and then get a, a programmer and let the programmer then program and build the pages out based on those designs. It was a very time consuming and arduous process. You had to, you know, have all these people working on your sites. And then WordPress came along and it made it much easier to do this. So it was like, wow, this is great. And then I we have more more of these do it yourself platforms is what I will call them. This is your Squarespace, your Wix, your Weebly, all of these all in one platforms where you can, you know, build your website there when all the tools are built in. Now, I, I tend to favor these because, you know, I try to, you know, I used to build, you know, the old fashioned way where you would actually build it from scratch with your designs and and you would get uh you know a software to put together these web pages and it took a lot of time and effort and then i i, I tried to go over to and uh, to wordpress and the wordpress the self-hosted one the wordpress.org and honestly i found that to be unnecessarily complicated and then I, I I I spent an entire weekend trying to build a site. This was about eight or nine years ago, and I spent the entire weekend and got so frustrated because at the end of the weekend I I'd gotten nowhere. And I had you know now I have to go back to work on Monday, having not accomplished anything. And then the next weekend I downloaded what was a much earlier version of Squarespace. And within a half of a day, I had created the entire website just the way I wanted it. And I thought to myself, I'm never going back. And and since then, all of these platforms have really evolved and they've matured so that, you know, the dig against them was they're all template based and template driven. And so all the websites look the same. But that's not the case anymore because you can now personalize them in in a million different ways to make it you know, just your very own. The other thing that you that you get with a lot of these is is they've now built in the the functionality that you you couldn't have without bolting on a third party product. I remember, oh, maybe it was six or seven years ago. I wanted to create a I I had a mentoring club the very first version of my mentoring club and I built it onto Squarespace and I had to bolt on all these different, you know, add-ons that just made it cumbersome and delivered very little functionality. And I can see why someone would look at that and go, that's not a good solution. And eventually I ended up abandoning it, abandoning it and, you know, going with something very totally different. But now 
you can build it onto your sites with, with some really, really clever and, and beautiful third-party additions, or you can use one of the training platforms like Teachable and Thinkific and and um, and Podia, all of these will allow you to do that kind of thing. So now there are ways to build in that functionality elegantly and simply. So you have options. So I would say I would not stress too much over the technical side. What I would say to you is you know where you are on your technical abilities and the time you have to devote to you know, building a website Whatever you choose, you want to have one that you can update yourself. I've known creatives who would go out and hire someone to build them a beautiful site on WordPress, and they would not know how to update it. So now they've got to pay somebody 25 bucks every time they want to insert a comma into a sentence, which really makes no sense to me. This In this day and age, it's so easy to be able to create an update with drag and drop that you shouldn't your first priority ought to be a website that you can update yourself if you need to you don't have to build it yourself you can have it built on a platform that you understand so that if you need to do something you know really quickly someone says oh by the way did you know that one of your links wasn't working you can just pop into it fix it and move on and not have to outsource it to somebody who's going to you know you know, take a day and a half and charge you, you know, an hour's labor to do it. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. So this, this day and age, you have tons of options. I'm going to list them on the show notes page and you want to choose any one of those and work with it. And then the next thing you want to do is when you're building the site, what you put on it now is important, right? There's some, you know, basic pages you, you'll want to have. You'll want to have your, of course, your welcome page, your blog page, your about, your contact, all those kinds of things. I'm going to trust you know they they need to be there and what they are, although I will list them for you. But one of the things you must understand, and if you remember last week's message when I said clear is better than clever, you want to be able to have anyone come on, come onto your site and know at a glance who you are, what you do, what the value is of what you do, and if it's for them or not. This is what people want to know at a glance. And I told the, the anecdote last week about when I used to write for the Franchise Association and I would write for some of these really household name companies you've heard of before, but you'd go to their website and I'm looking for just a declarative sentence that says, we do this and we do this for these people. And you could not find it. All kinds of lights and glitz and, and, you know, dancing animals and all kinds of nonsense and nothing that says, if I don't know who you are, when I arrive there, who are you? It's like you, you, you're, you're meeting someone for the first time and rather than introduce themselves, they launch into a story about their great uncle. Who cares? I don't even know who you are. So share simple, clear messages that, that tell people who you are, what you do, who you do it for, what problem you solve, and what, what is the, the, the final uh, thing you deliver for them. So you want that very clear, very prominent on your website. You want an an unambiguous call to actions. 
what do you want me to do is what someone's going to wonder next. Once they figure out, okay, this is what I do. And then they wonder, what do you do? Then they wonder, is it for me? Right. And so you have to make that clear. So it is for me. So once I've decided it's for me, what do I do to work with you? That needs to be clear as well. Right. What do you do? Is it for me? What I need to do to work with you? Or if you are a creative and you're offering something like if you were a singer or you're a photographer and an artist, you know, what do you do? What does it look like? Is it for me? I guess they'll see that in your work. And what do I need to do to whatever you're doing? See it, buy it, uh, you, you know, loan, rent it, whatever it is you do with your work. How do they do business with you? You need, don't make people work to figure that out because the more they work, the less inclined they will be to do the work it takes to to do that. And you want that to be very easy when someone's excited and they're in the moment and they're thinking, yes, this is what I want. It ought to be very, there ought to be a big old red button right there that says push here to work with me. Make it simple. Okay. Um, if you if you have uh, testimonials, you want those up front too. the social proof of the people you've helped, the unambiguous call to action. And then you want for your website, great storytelling images of of people using your product or your service or working with you or you working with them or just really great storytelling images um, that include either you or your customer or your product. All right. So that's what you want on your website. So you want a fully functioning website that does all these things. It, it attracts your ideal clients and it facilitates the sale. Now, remember, I, I said that you want a big red button that tells them how they work with you and uh, and they need the ability to to buy, to purchase, to book, to whatever you need them to do right there on that site without having to go through too much hassle. So this is what you need on a fully functioning website. Next, you want a content marketing program that serves as your sales funnel. This is the second thing you'll need you need to put on your goals list for next year. And and what does that mean? It means that, remember I said at least once a week, you ought to be creating original content and sharing it out with the people who are on your list or who follow you, who are in your tribe, your fans, your whatever you want to call them, your peeps. You want to be in touch with them regularly. And uh, it, you can do this with a blog. You can do with, I do it with a podcast, obviously. Uh, some people do with video and live video or, or they do videos on Instagram TV or, or YouTube, whatever it is. And you just find the one that works best for you, but you need to be um, using that. And w- what do you do? You either, you're sharing your work, you're answering frequently asked questions, you are telling people what's going on, you're providing value of some kind. And I will, you know, this this deserves a, a deeper dive, which I will do at, at some time in, in the near future. But you want to do that. And you want to, because this is what now keeps your content on your website current, like you always have new content going up because of this. And so this is also good for the Google machine and the search engine optimization, because now you are, you are providing content with keywords that are with relevant information to people who might be looking for the kind of thing you produce. 
The other thing you will need is a way to start collecting email addresses. Now, most people do it with a what they call a lead magnet or an ethical bribe. And what that just means is you will say something like, you know, you can get the first chapter of my book for free or you can you can get um oh, you know, the first song I released free by just dropping in your email or if you know, for, for some people like it's I have the the blog the the brand audit you could be a quiz or it can be anything that you think would add value and lead them and attract the kind of people who would want whatever your final product will be so you have that and the point of that is to get people to sh willingly share your email and what we call opt in to your newsletter. Now, if you just say, hey, sign up here for my newsletter, nobody ever does that because nobody's looking for extra emails. So you've got to provide something of value to really sweeten the pot for them so that they decide to, to, um, to, to, to share the email with you. So that's what you'll do. You'll, you'll have that and you'll collect emails. And, and the cool thing about the emails is now you begin to build a list. And, and the list, these are a list of people who have self-selected and chosen to hear from you because they they like what you do, they want to know more, and they are potentially going to support you financially and buy from you or when you have a product or or any other way that you decide you want support to just to build your community. So this is what that list is good for. And and this list is a is a great tool because when you are ready to sell, you don't have to pay Facebook just to, to send ads out. You don't have to go out and find all the people you think might be interested. They're all there right there waiting to hear from you. And all you have to do is send out an email and say, here it is, folks. And because you've done the work over time to build this group and bring them together, now you don't need to go out and find them. When you do have a product, you find them first and cultivate them. So when you have a product, they're already assembled and waiting hope that makes sense. So that's the other thing you you'll need in your content marketing program that serves as a sales funnel. I call it a sales funnel because if you think of a funnel, the wide the wide part at the top is where everyone comes in because oh, I like what you have. This is a free gift. I just give my email. You nurture them and the funnel starts to winnow, winnow, winnow until when it's time for you to go, okay, here's something I'd like to sell. Then you have that at the bottom of the funnel, a smaller percentage will be ready to buy. Um, one of the sales gurus, Chet, um, oh, I forget his last name. He says that at any point, 5% of the people in your audience are ready to buy. It's just knowing which 5%. And so if you are rolling offers, you know, regularly, then you can always attract whoever that 5% is. So that's your content marketing program that serves as your sales funnel. The number three, the third thing you want to do, and this is an ongoing thing, is start sharing more authentic stories that illustrate um, your authority and empathy. Now, I got this from Donald Miller from his storytelling story brand system, and I like it because this is uh, a great example of the kinds of things that you want to share. And a lot of us have been doing these things sort of intuitively and we didn't know. And he, he put a good label on it. And he says, you want to do, talk about two things. Author you want to d demonstrate authority. And, and this is now, if you are 
in a in a in a in a sales sort of a, a coaching kind of a um, role, or if you're teaching or or something like that, authority meaning that you have mastered your craft and that you know what you're talking about, and there's there's the empathy that means that I've been there too and I know what you're going through. You know, it's interesting. I was in a uh, this was a different marketing coaching group. I guess I've been in a lot of them over the last, over the years. But one of doing one of our coaching calls, I one of the one of the the group members was talking with the um, the, the the leader, and he was saying, you know, I have this problem when I am talking with people who are <clears throat> who who are going to be potential clients. They start telling me their problems and. Honestly, I've been doing this for so long. And once they start, I know exactly what they're going to say. And I know their problems. So it, it's like, how do I get them to, to just stop talking and let me give them the answer they need without having to go through the long story? And it's interesting. His answer was, you don't. Because no one's going to trust that you understand unless they had the opportunity to explain it to you. And then you have the chance to now respond with, here, I understand. Here's when I've dealt with this before. And you can now, you know, give that uh, the, the empathy. And then you can say, and here's how I solved it, which then gives you the shows your authority. But without both of those, it, it people don't trust you. You know, they don't trust you. I don't, <clears throat> you might say, I am, I'm the old, I'm the guru. I know everything. I have all the authority. And I might be, yeah, but you don't understand my problem. You don't understand me. My, my, everyone thinks their problem is just a little different. It's true. I used to do these weekly workshops for, for years. And every week, everyone would show up. And I know the feeling. Everyone comes and they think, their situation is unique and it's different and you've never heard it before. And if you've done it long enough, the minute they begin, you know exactly what they're going to say. You know exactly what the problem is and you know exactly what the solution is, but you got to let them air it out. And then you get, then you have to go in and say, I know exactly what you mean. I too, you know, I have felt that way. Um, the few felt found is one method that Zig Ziglar used to use. I know how you feel. I felt that way too until I found this. Boom. And then you give your solution. And it's a good way to empathize, to show empathy. And then, of course, you want to show that you know what you're doing. So anyway, that, that, that's that's um, um, another way to, to think about, you know, what you want to talk about on your website. Now, you want to do these in stories as much as possible. You want to tell stories of about, you know, situations you've been in, people, you know, you've worked with, some of your backstory, your why story, what happens behind the scenes. We're hardwired to love stories, and the more you can wrap these answers into stories, I think the more the better you will find people are receptive. It's interesting. I used to do like several kinds of workshops. I would do one where I talked a lot about how to, how to, how to. And then when I, I, I did my street photography workshop, I used to do a street photography workshop. And most of that workshop was just stories of encounters that I had and how I dealt with them and encounters. So we'd Someone would, you know, we someone we'd talk about. Okay, here's a situation we're taking a photograph of somebody, and they don't know that you're taking their photograph, and they and they notice you 
midway, what do you do? Well, here are three stories about different ways of handled it. And I found that, man, that one resonated so well with everyone else. People were just loving it. They love the stories because we're hardwired to, to follow along with stories and especially when the, the payoff is a lesson that, that teaches just a little something else. So you want to find more authentic stories to illustrate your authority and your empathy on your website. You know, demonstrate your ability, connect by demonstrating that you've been there. And then number four, the fourth thing we need are more vibrant social media platforms. Now we're all working on this one, right? We all have our our social media platforms where we we like to be. Instagram is the hot one now. Most people are, are on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, so, so, not so much. Some Twitter, depending on what you're doing. But you ought to have the one or two where you know this is where your core audience is and where you're going to go find them. And, of course, you are now finding yourself a consistent schedule of posting, consistent look and feel. And then you're sharing a mixture of inspiration, um, some engagement, some questions and answers, sharing some of your success stories, and also just some of your backstory. So you will have a a mixture of all these different kinds of content on your social platforms, and this will help to keep it vibrant and engaging. So that's the fourth thing you will want to do for this um, new year. So those are four big goals that you should, if you do not have them, or if you have not done these, you should be considering them in in along with all the other aspirational goals you have for yourself. Um, some of these are, these are just, uh, I guess, goals that will help you get there to wherever that is. Now, a lot of good stuff here. And you know that when you start planning, you have to create what's called a SMART goal, right? Because you've done this at work and they say, all your goals, if you're going to achieve them, they must be SMART, which is an acronym that says specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. What are you going to what are you going to accomplish? How will you know you're there? Is it something you really can do? Is it relevant to where you said that 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 goal is where you want to you want to be at the end of the year and then when will you have it accomplished? You've got to build all of those into your goals for them to be successful. I trust you know this already, but so this is just a friendly reminder. And then finally, the the Zig Ziglar approach, he says, you know, he he didn't, he he always says, I I didn't do well goals until I did seven things. I, one, wrote it down, two, put a date on it, three, listed the obstacles I had to overcome, four, identified the people, groups, and organizations that I needed to work with to get there, five, spelled out a plan of action, six, set that time limit in there, and then seven, identified all of the benefits to me. And it was when I did that that my goals became a reality. So I'll leave that with you. The the Zig Ziglar seven steps, wrote it down, put a date on it, listed the obstacles I had to overcome, identified the people, the groups, the organizations I needed to work with, because you can't do it by yourself, folks. Uh, five, spilled out your action plan. Six, set a time limit on it. Seven, identified all the benefits to me because you also need that to help motivate you as you are going on and times get tough. And when you did that, then 
he says your goal becomes a reality. So take that and let's get started planning for 2020. Let me know what you're working on, if you would. Whenever you see me at Personal Branding with Lynn, both on both on Facebook and on Instagram, or you can send me an email, hello at lynnmorton.com. All right? So good luck, and I will see you in a very successful 2020. Right, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope that was helpful for you as you start to think about the new year 2020 and what we might accomplish in that year. Hey, I, I'm going to be around and I hope that if you know you are working on some big goals and you need some help that you'll consider this a resource and not just this podcast, but as I start to build out some online resources to help you based on what you tell me your challenges are. This is why I love talking with um, you and a lot of my all the listeners out there. I've talked with a, a few of you this week already and got some great ideas, but it's not until I talk to you that I know where the challenges are. I can now begin to create episodes and uh, and other products and and resources that would be helpful for you because um I just I, that's what I want more than anything is for this to be a helpful resource for you and your friends and then when you do you tell a friend about it go let someone else know about this podcast and introduce them to this community I'd be just so thrilled if you would do that for me and for us all right so Finally, remember the the blueprint, the personal branding blueprint is at blueprint.lynnmorton.com. The four things we talked about are on there as well as 22 other things that need to be done. All right, that's it for this week. Take care and I will talk to you again in the near future. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining me for Personal Branding with Lynn. If you took something from today's episode that you plan to put into practice, please let me know and share it with our other listening friends. We'd love to encourage you and support you on your path. Leave a comment wherever you heard this or at Personal Branding with Lynn on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe at lynnmorton.com forward slash subscribe and share this episode with another entrepreneur or creative. That's it for now. Let's get together again and continue growing our personal brands. Cheers. Cheers.